Welcome to the inaugural podcast from China Tech Insights, a project of Tencent Online Media Group. I'm your host, Rohan Malhotra. China Tech Insights was launched in 2016 with an aim to share analysis of the Chinese tech industry. Our articles are investigative reports based on meticulous interviewing, surveys, and research, fueled by professional opinion from business insiders. Established in 2003, Tencent Online Media Group hosts China's biggest online news portal and publishes one of the most popular mobile news apps in China. With a team of over 40 media professionals, some of whom have decades of journalistic experience, this project aims to tap the most brilliant minds in the Chinese tech industry. On to this week's happenings. Chinese bicycle sharing startup Mobike said on Monday it has raised a new round of funding. This time, led by Singapore state investor Tamasek Holdings and return investor Hedge Fund Hillhouse Capital. This latest round follows a D-series financing round in January of this year. The startup has raised more than 300 million in 2017 alone. Mobike signaled recently that it intended to enter the Singapore market, and this funding is very likely to coincide with preparations for launch. Interestingly, it appears that sentiment must be leaning towards the positive if state money is channeling into the project. This is in contrast to what's happening with Blue Gogo in San Francisco. More on that in a bit. The news arrives after rumors spread earlier this month that Ofo, close rival of Mobike, was seeking USD 150 million in a new round of funding. Ofo's last funding round was in October of 2016 with backing from Didi Chuxing and Xiaomi. Public records reveal Ofo has completed seven rounds of financing thus far. The two leading players are not only racing to expand their businesses into further Chinese cities, but also in the fundraising stakes, replicating a very similar narrative to what we saw with Didi Kwaidi and then with, of course, Didi Uber and the battle for ride-hailing supremacy. Last week, bike-sharing project Blue Gogo, backed by smart bicycle company Speedex, announced it had landed RMB 400 million in an A series and will be officially entering the city of Beijing. Launched at the end of 2016, Blue Gogo has extended its foothold、uh, to five southern Chinese cities, including Shenzhen and Guangzhou. If you haven't already heard, Blue Gogo ran into a little bit of trouble in January while attempting to launch in San Francisco with a similar program. City leaders vowed to impound bicycles and fine the company if it continued with its plans to roll out its bicycle fleet, apparently without permission. They were worried that the company would dump tens of thousands of bikes and would clutter public sidewalks. Outside of China, it appears few people seem to recognize the connection between Speedex and Blue Gogo. Speedex is the company behind the yet-to-be-released Leopard, a smart bike featuring an integrated power meter as well as bicycle computer built into the frame. Leopard successfully crowdfunded USD 3.1 million over on Indiegogo and is scheduled for an April release. Could the Blue Gogo move be an attempt to build greater brand awareness at the grassroots level? Media reports suggest there are at least 17 players in the bike sharing market as of December 2016. Just last week, we saw yet another shared bicycle system emerging on the streets of Shanghai. It appears this bike has some unique features over the competition. Things like racks and charging ports, small conveniences that might help it get a leg up in the increasingly crowded space. People joke in China that the bike-sharing startups are attempting to form a rainbow family because each of them is of a different color. Except for Mobike and Ofo, who respectively were founded in 2015 and 2014, with the others all newly established in 2016. The bike-sharing trend in China appears to be encouraging equivalents overseas. 
Local players across the globe appear to be doubling down with efforts seen in the form of Zagster and Spin in the United States, Hello Cycling in Japan, and O-Bike in Singapore. And now on to smartphones, China-based mobile internet company Meitu, best known for its series of auto-beautifying selfie-taking apps, is introducing a new smartphone, the Meitu T8, which will come equipped with a 21-megapixel camera on the back and a 12-megapixel dual-pixel quality camera on the front. The T8 sports a new feature dubbed AI Beautification, which will allow the phone to detect your skin tone, gender and age, and beautify accordingly, even for group shots. Meitu Incorporated, the company behind the app, nailed a Hong Kong dollar 4.88 billion listing last month on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange at a valuation of USD 4.6 billion. Many people at the time were bewildered at how essentially a purveyor of free apps was able to go public without having to first post a profit. Well, the antidote to that problem is essentially that Meitu makes a majority of its income not from internet products, but its hardware line of selfie phones with the T8 pushing into premium territory, attracting a price tag of 4,100 RMB. In other phone news, Huawei has released its second generation Huawei Honor V9 flagship. Honor's V series of smartphones are supposed to be mid-ranges, but judging by the V9 specs, we'd say this new phone gives the later entrance in the P and M series a run for their money. The Honor V9 sports a 5.7-inch Quad HD display and is powered by the same octa-core Kirin 960 processor that's running the Mate 9. It's backed by a hefty 4 or 6 gigabytes of RAM, comes with either 64 or 120 gigabytes of onboard storage, and it's powered by a non-removable 4000 milliamp hour battery. Additionally, the device sports a fingerprint sensor, two 12 megapixel camera sensors, and also runs Android 7.0, that is Nougat, out of the box. The Honor V9 will go on sale February 28th with prices beginning at 2,600 yuan. As reported previously by the information, despite soaring shipments from 3 million in 2010 to 139 million in 2016, profits for Huawei in 2016 were at only USD 2 billion compared with USD 2.2 billion for 2015, missing the all-important target of USD 2.5 billion for 2016. Smartphone users across China have reason to rejoice. One of China's big three telecoms, that is, China Unicom, has launched an unlimited data plan resembling something similar to what Verizon in the United States currently offers. This plan, which is expected to cost RMB 398 a month, which is quite incredible for China, will allow data freedom, but at this stage, it is uncertain whether or not connection speeds will slow from 4 gigabytes from 4G, that is, to 3G, or perhaps even down to 2G after breaching certain data thresholds. On to Baidu now. China's National Development and Reform Commission, the government agency tasked with planning economic and social strategy, will fund the private search giant Baidu's development of a national deep learning research lab. The amount of funding has not been disclosed, but Beijing-based Baidu will work together with Tsinghua University, as well as other Chinese research institutions, in pursuit of this goal. Amid talk of centralized social credit systems and a climate of broadening and intensifying censorship through multiple mechanisms, including the Great Firewall, this could be further evidence of the government's unfortunate marriage of high-tech and greater perhaps automated surveillance. Time will tell. On February the 22nd, MIT's Technology Review released its annual 10 Breakthrough Technologies list of 2017. Paying with your face or face recognition technology that is finally accurate enough to be widely used in financial transactions and other everyday applications, 
became the first breakthrough from China included in the list in its 16-year history. Baidu is one of three companies from China that is developing this technology. The other two are Face, Plus Plus, and Alibaba. Go China! Baidu has acquired Y Combinator-backed startup Raventech to further its ambitions in the AI sector. Raventech is a startup focused on artificial intelligence and next-generation operating systems. In addition, Baidu has appointed former Microsoft executive Chi Lu as its group president and chief operating officer to help with its AI efforts. The September 2016 launched Baidu Venture, a venture firm focusing on artificial intelligence, has made its first investment in an AR startup, 8i, a New Zealand-based hologram startup. Baidu has previously stated it is pursuing its AI ambitions through three mechanisms. Firstly, self-development through its AI labs, both the Silicon Valley-based Artificial Intelligence Lab and the Institute of Deep Learning in China. Secondly, through investments made through Baidu Venture that focus on AI. And finally, through acquisitions made through Baidu Incorporated. And now for some Xiaomi headlines. Xiaomi heads further into its global expansion with a Pakistan launch. Xiaomi has expanded slowly since its 2011 debut in China, focusing mainly on Southeast Asia, India, parts of the Middle East and Brazil. Its Pakistan entry is the largest market it has attempted since it ventured into Brazil mid-2015. Xiaomi will enter Pakistan through a distribution partnership, as it did in Brazil, with Rocket Internet's e-commerce marketplace Daraz, which is present in Pakistan, Bangladesh, Myanmar and Sri Lanka. Jack Young, Xiaomi's sales director for South Asia, said three models will be available initially, the Mi Max and the budget Redmi Note 4 and the Redmi 4A. There are also plans to sell the Mi Band 2. Xiaomi previously announced it will team up with local partners to manufacture smartphones in Indonesia with a production capacity of 1 million units per month. Starting in 2017, all Xiaomi headsets, all Xiaomi handsets to be sold in Indonesia will be made locally. In other Xiaomi news, turns out Xiaomi has decided to pass on ex-head of Qualcomm Greater China, Xiang Wang, as previously announced, and we now have a new Barra successor in the form of India head Manu Kumar Jain, who will become a global vice president. Xiaomi India tweeted to Manu Kumar Jain, congratulations from the entire Xiaomi family on your promotion to vice president of Xiaomi. Jain will also act as managing director for Xiaomi India. Xiaomi is expecting to launch its own smartphone chip dubbed Pinecore next Tuesday, joining the ranks of the likes of Apple, Huawei and Samsung, who all have phones featuring self-developed chips. This move is expected to help Xiaomi reduce their dependence on third-party suppliers, much like Huawei does with its Kirin chipsets, and also avoid potential litigation as it expands its operations outside of China. And to finish up, a few notes on ANT Financial. ANT Financial has linked a strategic partnership with Korea's Kakao through a 200 million investment deal in Kakao Pay. Alipay has also further expanded into the Philippines with an undisclosed investment in Mint, a financial venture from Globe Telecom. Mint is a micropayments processor which is tied to Globe Telecom, a firm with as much as 50% of the postpaid mobile phone market in the Philippines. For some background about ANT Financial, ANT Financial Services Group, the financial affiliate of Alibaba, was officially founded in 2014 and is now in early discussions with bankers to raise over USD 3 billion, possibly through issuing bonds or through bank loans. Online publication The Information reports, citing a person familiar with the matter, that ANT will raise the money in order to fund its overseas acquisitions. 
That's all for today. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back the same time next week with another round of the week's happenings in tech. If anything here took your fancy, please do check out our website at www.chinatechinsights.com. Reach out to us at CN Tech Insights on Twitter or follow us on WeChat by scanning the QR code from our website. Bye for now.